Yes, here we are. It's the Robcast, episode 308. And this one is called Everyone is Looking for You. So before we go any further, I have to tell you, I've been doing these sessions, 10 people and me on Zoom for three hours. <laughs> right at the moment when Zoom fatigue is like at its peak and the weather's getting nice, I'm doing these three-hour sessions and uh, I just started doing some new ones called The Business of It, which is all about there's whatever it is you're doing, there's the work, the gift, the trade, the craft, but then there's also all those details and logistics and the money and the questions about marketing and social media, all blah, 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 all that. So the only way it works is you got to get it all lined up and do it all with airtight integrity. So I've been doing these sessions where people bring their questions along those lines and then uh, we sort it out. And I'm telling you, as soon as I did the first one, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, we got to follow this for a while. Because that's what you have, really. You have these ideas and you try them and some of them, uh, you know, some of them are like, eh, but some of them are like, whoa, we got to follow this. So in that light, um, um, a whole, um, like a whole slew of new sessions are going up. There's still some spots for the next couple of weeks, the business of it sessions. And then um, there's also a whole bunch of new sessions on speaking and writing. So uh, business of it, speaking sessions, writing, all that, um, all new dates are up through almost the end of July in case uh, you want to, you'll be in your space, I'll be in the back house, we'll be together for three hours with some other people, and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Everyone is looking for you. Yeah. Let's start with the opening lines of the song Television by the British punk band Idols, shall we? I know you saw that coming, didn't you? <laughs> now, this band Idols, they're from Bristol, not far outside London. Uh, I-D-L-E-S, those of you who are already Googling Idols or you're already on YouTube. I mean, this band, one of the great British punk bands ever. By the way, there is a photo of Idols when they played their hometown Bristol and sold it out after years of playing, there is a photo of the band at the end of the show on stage with their arms around each other with their back to the audience. The photo was taken like from the drum riser of the band, and then in the background is the, is the crowd. I'm telling you, try to find that photo. Idols Bristol, B-R-I-S-T-O-L, home sh homecoming show. Uh, oh... My word, this photo will make you so happy to be a human being. Okay, their song, Television. Here, here are the lyrics that the song starts with. If someone talked to you the way you do to you, I'd put their teeth through. Love yourself. Let me do that again, because it took me second, third, fourth, fifth listen to feel this couplet or these bars... Uh, with, with a certain fullness and punch. If someone talked to you the way you do to you, I'd put their teeth through. Love yourself. Yeah. If someone talked to you the way you do to you, I'd put their teeth through. Love yourself. You feel that? Yeah. It's like he says, I hear the way that you talk. You're so harsh with yourself. Yeah, like, it, 
if somebody walked up to you on the street and they talked to you that way, the way that I hear you talking to you, I would punch them in the face. <laughs> and you got to love yourself. Yeah. How do you talk to you? Yeah. How do you treat yourself? Because we are in need of a massive shift in consciousness. We all know this. But it starts with how we each care, how we each treat ourselves. Think, think about your awareness of the earth crisis that we have on our hands. This sense that the clock is ticking, like we are, we are already in an irreparable damage era to the earth. And think about how many activists, think about how much noise is being made trying to raise awareness and how many initiatives and how many referendums and how many, like how much effort is being spent. But if you follow this all the way into your own mind and heart, how will we all together rise up and care for the earth when we aren't kind and tender with ourselves? You, you see how sometimes the appeal, uh, we have to start with each of us, yeah, with how you talk to you, how I talk to me, yeah. So there's a, there's a story, uh, there's a Jesus story that has shaped me over the years. Uh, it, it haunts me in a way, it convicts me, it provokes me, it, it also, it, it like gives me a, a, like a compass, um, a bit of a North Star. Um, there's a version of it in the Gospel of Mark, and the Gospel of Mark just, that thing just flies. This, this, reader is not messing around. It's like, a, it's like a story of verbs, you know what I mean? Like narratively, this thing is just, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. It's like a, it's got like a backbeat to it and it is pushing, it is four on the floor here. Now notice how um, Mark chapter one, the story says, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and possessed. So he's come into this village. Word has spread that there's a healer, somebody with power. Uh, and anytime I read, um, this, when it talks about the people brought to Jesus all the sick and possessed. Uh, for thousands of years, people have risen up in cultures, and here's how I would say it. People have risen up with this particular ability to help get the energies flowing in a better direction. <laughs> you like that one? They are able to help us get the energies flowing in a better direction, right? Yeah, healers come in all shapes and sizes. So it says, uh, the text says, the whole town gathered at the door. Jesus shows up in this village, and everybody who's got some issue comes to see him. People bring everybody who can't bring themselves. The whole town gathered at the door. Now, next paragraph. Very early in the morning... While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, Simon, one of his, uh, kind of his lead student and disciple, Simon and his companions went to look for Jesus. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. 
right? They're like, what do you, what do you do? Like, it was a packed house last night. What, what, what do you do? What are you like out here all alone? Weren't you there? Like, there are a lot of needs in this village. The demand is high. Everyone is looking for you. Now, here's how the text goes. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That's why I have come. That's, that's his response. At the exact moment when demand is highest, he goes the opposite direction. He pulls back to ground himself, to stay connected, to recharge. We are in need of a massive shift in consciousness surrounding how we treat ourselves. Yeah. And it goes all the way to the voices in our head, to how we exert our energies, to how we answer this question, what do you do with demand? Because in many ways, you and I have been conditioned in a culture that worships the God of up and to the right. Are you with me on this? Whatever you do, keep expanding. More, more, more. Yeah. If more people want what you're giving, providing, doing, well, then you do more hours. You open up another office. You expand to a new territory. And then you give more. You run harder. Yeah. Have you found yourself with this stream of questions rattling around in your head and heart? Why am I tired? Why do I feel like I need a break? Why do I feel this way? I don't know. Maybe, maybe there are some straightforward explanations. Maybe it is, just is what it is. Maybe you're tired for judging yourself for being tired. Yeah. Yeah. We, we live in a world that is completely out of its mind when it comes to some framework for how you properly treat yourself. Notice what's in the air right now. Like, what are the standards? How is one supposed to feel after a global pandemic, right? Are you just completely fired up? Let's just go right, let's just charge in. I am, or are you slightly exhausted and wondering, uh, I guess I'm supposed to be filled. Once again, by the way, energetically, the word supposed to, will never get you anywhere interesting. Same with the word should. Am I, how am I supposed to feel? Right there, we're in trouble. By the way, uh, I had a therapist for years, the, the legendary Dr. B, and every time I would ask him a question and I would say, is it normal that I... And he would stop me and he'd be like, Rob Bell, you left normal behind a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's the strange thing. The strange gift of this moment that we are all in is that the norms got shattered. Who, who knows what the proper way to feel is right now? Energy? Exhausted? Uh, just ready to, fired up to get back in the game? Or like, oh God, I need, no, no, I need to rest from that thing we just went through. Do you see how the gift of this moment is this shattered to pieces, the expectations and norms. And so you're just left with you. I'm just left with me. And this moment 
and what it is. This vertigo, this malaise, this, I've been using the word discombobulated quite a bit recently, this thing that we're in, this in-between, this back to it, it's back to normal, but it's not normal, so that word is out. Yeah, all you have is just what you have. You're exhausted? That makes sense. You're weary? That makes sense. You got some new ideas you want to try? That makes sense. You know that everything has changed, but you don't even really know the question? Yeah, yeah. Do, Do you see the thing happening in this moment? All you're left with is what is. Yeah. Okay, back to the Jesus story. Why doesn't he do a morning session, right? The demand is there. This guy could expand, right? He could help so many people, right? Because the night before the place is packed out, well, next morning, waffles and exorcisms. Let's do this. (laughs) Yeah, right? Why wouldn't he? Yeah, here's why. Because the thing he did the night before, it took something out of him. Yeah, he's very tuned in to the giving and receiving. He's very tuned in to the exchange of energies. And that thing that happened the night before, giving, 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 yeah, yeah. It's time to pull back and to receive and to get filled up. There's a rhythm here because you can't always be on. All of nature is in some way a sine wave. There's an up and a down, an inhale and an exhale. Cells die and cells are born. Sun rises and the sun sets. Yeah, there's a rhythm built into this whole thing. So Simon and his companions, they go to look for him, and when they find him, they exclaim, everyone is looking for you, and he does not even address their point. He has no time for it. His students, and here's the layer behind the layer behind the layer. His students have no larger vision than what the people right in front of them want. They're playing no larger game than well, these people want this, so uh, you should give it to them, right? There's that word should, by the way. Notice the energetic imprint of that word should. When you become tuned into it, you'll notice it. That word should and the word supposed to. You'll see it casually in conversation, and what will happen over time is you begin to hear it with your body. Your nervous system will hear it. You'll see how the person has something on their shoulder. You'll see how the person is listening first and foremost to some external norms or template or rules or guides, and they are first listening to that, and they are skipping over listening to their own deep knowing. As you begin to notice the energetic imprint of these words, supposed to, should, um, I guess I ought to, you'll, you'll, you'll see the disempowerment lurking just below the surface. Life is something that happens to you. That's what's lurking in there. That's that energy. It's disempowerment energy. And the move, the great movements are when deep within us, we locate the disempowerment and we move to empowerment. Yeah, so you begin to notice that the whole worlds hang out in words. So the disciples, they have no larger vision 
than what is immediately in front of them and the demands of the people in front of them. More, more, more. There's no larger rhythm. They can't hear the beats of a larger song. There's, There's nothing bigger in play here. They are at the mercy of the whims and desires of others. And they're like, everyone is looking for you. Uh, Don't you get it? Uh, People want something from you, so that's what you'll do. Uh, Yeah. His response is, let us go somewhere else. He doesn't even respond to their exclamation. He just spent the previous day serving these people. That's That's why I've come. I've come to keep going on to the next village. Yeah. He hasn't stayed put and waited for people to come to him. He's spreading it around. And by the way, in the first century, healers usually stayed put, and then people came to them, and then their family members acted like gatekeepers, like an entourage. So imagine you'd carried your friend miles because you'd heard there was a healer in that village, and you, you get up to the house, and there's a long line. You're immediately like, well, how do I get to the front of the line? I'm sure there's somebody I can slip a 22, right? There's a velvet rope, there's a club, there's a bouncer. All I need to do is figure out who do I give the money to. So you can see what happened oftentimes is healers developed a layer of gatekeepers who were the ones who provided the access to the healer. They were usually family members. So the person stayed put and built a little empire in which the people in their immediate family profited off of. So you can see when there's this tension between Jesus and his family, and people are like, they just didn't realize that he was the king. Oh, no, 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 there's some very, very basic economic tensions. He's not doing it according to the conventional wisdom of the day, because his brothers stand to profit tremendously off their brother Jesus, the healer, if he would just do it like everybody does it, but he doesn't. He's not here to build an empire. He's here to spread it around and make it available to everyone. Yeah, so there's a whole world of first century history going on here that gives this story a certain charge. He's doing it in a new way because there's always conventional wisdom. There's always a way that it's done, the accepted, perceived wisdom of how it's done. Businesses, families, communities, neighborhoods, And generally, your own expansion, growth, maturity, awakening involves moving beyond the conventional wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So he has, the night before, he has given of himself to these people. Whatever gratitude the giving of this gift gave, it has also produced an aggressive desire for more. Their response to the night before when everybody from the village turned up and well past sundown, he's still giving, giving, giving. Their response to this gift is more, more. There is something insatiable here because there will always be needs. There will always be more. There will always be someone somewhere who wants you to give them more. Yeah, and there will always be people who are masterful at guilting you for not doing what they want. But what's interesting about this story is none of this seems to be in play here because Jesus is listening to something deeper. So he, when there's like everybody's looking for you, he says, hey, we need to leave and go to the next place. Yeah, because that's what, that's, that's what I'm doing. 
So all of your perceived conventional wisdom about how healers operate, uh, that's not how I roll. I'm doing something else. He has a center, a place he's living from. He has a deep knowing, and that's what he returns to again and again and again. By the way, side note, I was going to say side note or tangent, but you know, there are no tangents, right? By the way, that's a good episode. God, wouldn't that be a great book? There are no tangents. By the way, I've noticed this again and again working with people over the past two years, how whenever the person says, well, that was kind of a tangent, it's never a tangent. The thing that the person names, well, I don't know why I went on that tangent, is actually the main thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like the tell. It's like the reveal. By the way, this is why some people have no new ideas. This is why some people have no vision, no innovation, no solutions. They live from their edges. They live based on the behavior, wants, resentments, needs of others. And what happens sometimes is a person gets so defined by others that their identity becomes edges, the outer edges where they intersect with other humans, that, that they have almost no musculature for listening to their own deep knowing. Uh, by the way, this is huge politically. Lots of people politically only know themselves in opposition to the other side. They're all edges and no center. Yeah, they only know who they hate. They only know who they are opposed to. Yeah, they only know what they are supposed to do or be. It is finding yourself and defining yourself in terms of others, namely others who you are against. This, this is why some movements have no ideas or vision or solutions for the world we find ourselves in. All they have is opposition to those who they see themselves against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because very easy to lose a sense of center and be defined by those around you. Yeah, those you align with who have told you this is how it works and those who you don't align with. But at its deepest core, it is a failure to listen to one's own deep knowing, because your own deep knowing will always be about new creation. It will always be about spirit inviting you to be you like a cell in the body. It will always be an invitation for you to be you in such a way that brings something new into the world. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole thing. We'll have to do a whole thing on that at some point, because that's just, once again, it's not a tangent. <laughs> what was that title again I said? There are no tangents? God, I gotta write that down. Hold on a second. You know I like a good title. There are no tangents. Man, oh man, oh man. Okay, always keep pen and paper handy, by the way. Okay. Um, oh, let's, let's go back to that story again. Because, God, I just realized, uh, checking my notes here, there, we're, we're just scratching the surface. Here's how I'd say this next part. For some reason, I have part two here, so apparently that was part one we just did. 
just to give you an idea of the structure of this episode, which I didn't even know it had a structure, but apparently it does because randomly in my notes, I wrote part two. Let's, let me say it this way. Uh, Jesus's great compassion for healing the world exists side by side with a tremendous sense of what he needs. His great compassion and desire for the healing of the world exists alongside a tremendous sense of what he needs. Every one of you who have taken care of everybody else to such a degree, you've always put everybody else forward to the point where when you are kind to yourself and when you treat yourself well, you feel guilty. Notice, oh, by the way, notice that the one person who doesn't have a Messiah complex is the person they call the Messiah. <laughs> Everybody's looking for you. Come on, man, we got the morning thing, got the morning show. You sold out last night. Let's do another one. Now let's leave. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go talk to some other people. Now, notice this story from the Gospel of John. Uh, in this Gospel, there's a story. Uh, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Now, once again, you can't make too much of the details, uh, although the details are there for some reason. But notice the detail there. He and his disciples have been journeying. They come into a town. Jesus sits down by the well because he's tired. His disciples go into town to buy food. They've just traveled the same distance he has. And yet there has to be some sort of, you know, I'm going to stay here. You guys go get me food and bring it back. They all traveled the same distance, right? But he's too tired to go and get some food. So he just sits down and they have to go into town and get food and bring it out. Yeah, once again, apparently the Messiah, as they call him, has zero Messiah complex. He's perfectly fine sitting down because he's tired and relying on people who did the same journey to go get him food and bring him food. His great compassion for the suffering of the world sits side by side with very strong boundaries about what he can and can't do about what he needs. Yeah. I mean, there's tons. Uh, and these gospel stories are written at least a generation. I mean, there's tons and tons of material. And these authors have specific agendas about why they're even telling these gospels the way they are. Like, they're pulling. They have all this different like like oral tradition and legend, and this person knew this person who remembers this little snippet they heard. And so imagine an editor, John, Mark, whoever, uh, imagine this person stitching together these stories. Everything they're doing is intentional. But what's fascinating is they show him tired. They show him letting others care for him. They show zero guilt there's zero anguish or frustration about, well, I guess I'm supposed to. <laughs> no, 
No, you get a strong sense of self. This is what I'm here to do. Yeah. And all tension and agony and conflict happens within a very empowered sense of, I'm here to do something. It is difficult. It shreds my heart from time to time. It fills me with joy. All of the ways all of us often feel. But he's here to do what he's here to do. So, we'll spend a moment here, shall we? Uh, Those of you who, when you are very kind with yourself, you immediately feel guilty or lazy. Let's let go of that. Let's do it. Those of you in the minivan in Ohio, those of you washing the dishes in Alaska, those of you in Bristol walking the dog, listening right now, uh, yeah, let's let go of that. Let's let go of all that. All of that when you are kind and when you love yourself and when you withdraw and when you treat yourself with great tenderness and care and immediately some other instinct. Oh, there's real suffering in the world. Look at you doing this when other people actually have enough. Let's just let go of all that. It was never helpful in the first place. Let's just let go of that. Yeah. Yeah. Those of you who uh, right now from this past year or life in general are exhausted and you find yourself, you just want to check out for a bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I probably should do that. Those of you who are like, God, I'm just like completely cooked. I feel like I need... Okay, good. Good. Follow that. Yeah, listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, listen to that. The body knows, by the way. <laughs> the body the body knows the whole time. It's a step ahead. It's been a step ahead the whole time. Okay, now, uh, the talk about coming back or returning or... Um, you know, things are, are, are going back to normal. By the way, that's not true. Okay, so let's just get rid of that. But anyway, um, and those of you who are like, uh, well, well, how fast do we come back? Um, here's how fast, at your speed. Yeah. You will move forward at your speed. Those of you who pandemics slowed everything down and you kind of like that speed, good. Good. Those of you feel pressure, like you're supposed to put the fat, put the foot back on the gas like it used to be, but something within you is like, no, I have tasted of new rhythms and it's a better way to live. Great. Great. Now we're clear. Good. Good. You see that? You see that? That tension? Yeah, but everybody, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's looking for you. Big deal. Let's leave. (laughs) Let's leave. Let's go. Uh, I don't want to stay here. We're going to the next place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you play your game. Those of you had a much thinner social calendar and it actually made the interactions that you had much more deep and meaningful and now it feels like you're going to start getting invited and there's going to be starting but you don't want to do those things then don't. Don't. Yeah, just don't. Yeah. You have tasted some new pace or rhythm and you like it. Good. Move at your own speed. And let's just right now all together make a vow. No apologizing, no rationalizing, no justifying, no explaining, no defending, 
no feeling like you need to clarify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that's so badass about the Jesus story. Everyone's looking for you. Hey, let's leave here and go to the next place. That's why I've come. <laughs> that's it. I got this thing I'm doing. Yeah, it's so, I mean, this storyteller is, it's just so precise. It's so focused. It's so, uh, physicists would call it, uh, scientists would call it, if it was a theory, they call it elegant. It's so elegant. Uh, now, notice the musculature that will be more and more helpful. You can spot when someone else needs a second or needs a break, and you're fine with it. Notice how in others, when you see them being kind to themselves, when you see them stepping back, notice how, well, unless, you ha unless you're so sort of stuck in your own head that you just project your own sense of impotence and disempowerment onto them. Other than that, notice how you instantly, like, yeah, 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 take it. We, we need you to be the full you, so do whatever you need to do. Notice how good you are with this with other people. Yeah, so, so a lot of this giant shift that is absolutely necessary is learning to use the musculature, the, the muscles that you have built up in when you see others is using those muscles on yourself. Yeah. How will we ever build new safety nets, new economic systems, new ways of thinking about business and education that care for everybody who's most vulnerable? How will we ever care for the earth? when we have inner monologues that are harsh and ruthless. Yeah, love yourself. Yeah. Yeah, be very, very kind to yourself because how will we ever get where we want to go if... Uh, and, and, and one of the reasons why I say that is how many activists I've met who are a wreck on the inside. They are desperately trying to save this or that, and yet when you're with them and you take some deep breaths and it's quiet, they are so hard on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you, you begin to feel it's like they've put all of this pain they're carrying around into their cause. If I could just... No, no, you start... You start with yourself. You start with yourself. Yeah. You need to go away for a while? Okay. Figure that out. Figure that out. Yeah. The universe is an astonishingly creative place. Harness those powers. Lean into them. Float down that river. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This phrase, well, this, this is what I'm going to do now. This is what I need. Just use it to yourself. No, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go there. Let's pull back. Yeah, that's what's needed. That is what's needed. Yeah, because the norms, the standards, the rules just got blown into a thousand pieces. So what you have is you and your own deep knowing. By the way, this is the thing hovering in the air right now. Is authority structures... Authority structures are built to perpetuate their own power and preservation. 
So most authority structures, institutional, relational, familiar, etc., most are built to keep themselves intact. So the underlying message will constantly be, you need it. But then when it starts to wobble, what is truth? How does the media, what is science educate? When larger political, large economic, larger structures begin, religious, begin to wobble, when they don't, when they aren't able to speak to the moment, and they are revealed to be lacking in vision and creational energy to meet the moment, then what happens and what's happening right now is a whole world of people in the past had things they looked to, people, figures, systems they looked to to guide them, but, but those failed on a massive, epic, historic level. And so what happened for so many people is they're looking like, well, who do I look to? Ah, now you're asking the right question. Because when Moses goes up on the mountain, the people don't want to go with him. They say, you go up, but we will stand here, because if we go up, we will surely die. This has been the ache in the bones of humanity, standing at a distance from the divine within. So Moses is basically like, God, I wish everybody would just come up the mountain with me. Yeah, and so what happened is people farmed out their deep knowing. They just, well, uh, some, somebody in some position of power or influence will tell me. They'll tell me. Yeah, and that's the great disruption that always is an invitation to something new that is happening right now, is millions and millions of people are feeling an invitation. They don't know what, sometimes don't know what it is. It just feels very chaotic. It's an invitation to trust your own deep knowing. What speed do you want to move at? Well, pattern recognition. Look back on your life. When were you most thriving? When did you most feel alive? When were you most filled with a sense of wonder and awe about your own existence? Look back through your own life. There will be patterns there. Yeah, move at that speed. Move at the speed you were moving. How involved and engaged were you? Well, think through those moments. What did life look like? Okay. So going forward, we have, you have some data. It's called your history. So this invitation to self-inquiry, this invitation to reflection, this invitation to stop standing at a distance from your own life and begin to listen. Yeah, begin to listen. Because you'll know. If you're quiet enough and still enough, yeah, how fast do you want to move? What do you want to do? What do you need? Where do you want to go? Yeah, yeah, you'll get, you'll get answers. You'll get, you'll get exactly what you need for this moment. That's how it works. That's how it works. Everyone is looking for you. Oh, okay, so let's leave, shall we? Let's go. Let's go to the next town. That's why I'm here. <laughs> He's playing his own game. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, God, that story. It's so badass and so powerful. He wakes up the next morning and he withdraws to a quiet, solitary place. Yeah. Yeah, here's, yeah, yeah. I came from a world where if more people want what you're throwing down, then you add a service. Yeah, you got to keep up with demand. But actually, the moment 
what the moment actually asks for more than ever is that you withdraw, get yourself grounded and centered so you actually have something to give. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. That's the rhythm. Yeah. There we are, my friends. Another episode of the Robcast. Everyone is looking for you. May you, my friends, in this strange, turbulent, discombobulated, energizing, exciting, exhausting, fatigued, weird moment. Did I, did I use enough words there? In this moment, may you more than ever move at your own speed. May you pause before each decision, before each possibility, before each opportunity, before each invitation, and check in. May you say no, may you say yes, may you say whatever in that moment is uh, what the moment asks for. Yeah, you'll, you'll get your answers. Yeah, 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 move at your own speed. Trust your own deep knowing. And may grace and peace be with you every step of the way.